Episode 189, and I, I wanted to follow up. You you mentioned Rod Langway yesterday? Yes. Did you ever hear the story about his comeback? He made a comeback. Did you go pull his stats up? Well, well, what do you want to know? Well, no. He came back and played 10 games for Providence, I believe. Okay, this is what I was told. These are like the... Uh, folk hero stories that you hear, you know, playing in the minors because guys play with guys, you hear stories and they just, they get legs and things change. Right. And you, you never know like what, what the actual true facts of the stories are. Right. But so I remember hearing about Rod Langway coming back and playing in, in 90, what tell me 97, Nine, 90. well, 97, 98, he played uh, 10 games 90. with the Providence Bruins. Okay. Now I think he was Which also the minor league team of coach. Boston. And the story started because apparently, and it wasn't Briere that told me, but I think I asked him about it when we were playing together. So I heard it when I was playing in the minors. So between 2000 and 2003, so the legend of Langway had hadn't been that far removed from the league. I'm so I heard this story somewhere. It might have even been my brother. Okay. But I heard that Rod Langway came back and Danny Briere walked him so bad one time in overtime and he he quit again. He just he hung up his stuff. He's like, that's it. And it was Danny Briere that put him back into retirement. But the best part about Rod Langway's time in Providence was I heard that he was so old school. He'd be sitting there and take off his gear and have like a, a, a six pack next to him on in the locker room in the stall. And, and he'd sit there and throw his feet up and he would just be telling stories, talking about the glory days. The trainers were very different. The trainers would have probably Rod Langway is at the time was probably what, like forty. Yeah, I have to do the math Plus, on it, but oh, more than that, probably. Yeah. So I mean, the trainers back then, and 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 the way it was back then, that does not surprise me in the slightest that they would walk over and have a little small cooler for him with six beers in it, and have Rod Langway do his media stuff. And then the media leaves and he's going to sit in a stall with his skates on and just have a couple beers before he, you know, he, he gets out of there. I, I could hundred thousand percent see that he was 40 because he was born in 57. He was 40 years old. Some interesting news coming out of the NHL. For me, it's interesting and I, I can give you my perspective on it, but Shane Wright getting recalled to the Seattle Kraken yesterday. I think the timing is fascinating. Did a did a, a little stint in the minors, played five games, had four goals. They called him up now. And here's what I'm thinking. You know, I don't want to get keep you wondering. They called him up. You know who they're playing tonight? Morial. The Montreal. Yuraj Slevkovsky, the number one pick overall. It's just interesting that Seattle calls him up. Whether he plays or not, we don't know, but I assume he'll play. But then they go on a four-game Eastern road trip. And yeah. the World Junior Camp starts December 9th. So I have to imagine they sent him down there for a stint to get him a bunch of games, call him up for the game against Montreal, take him back east. As a great Mike Commodore says, pack your shit, kid. You're going back to World Juniors. Yeah. After that, he'll go to Junior back to Kingston where he'll stay for 
who knows how long until they trade him to a Memorial Cup contender uh, for future pieces. That's just how this. Whole but you think he's going back to the minors? He's going back to junior, hundred percent. You heard that, or is I, that just you? You speculating that you think Shane Wright is going to eventually go back to junior? No, that's what I'm telling you is going to happen. Okay, that's not going to happen. Um, it's not going to happen. He he is a very very good hockey player, very good hockey player. Um, Craig, he's going to play two more games, and then he's going back to junior because then he, they don't burn a year on his entry level deal. They don't care about burning a year on on a on a deal uh, that uh, this kid was this kid was ranked or rated number one overall, literally for every single um, you know draft ranking for years. He's a very good hockey player. Okay, um, Seattle Kraken's an interesting hockey team. They're a little bit they're they're an older middle aged hockey team that have a lot of. Um, you know, they have a lot of uh, guys that have had success in this league that have played elsewhere and they're they're having success. They're winning hockey games. I think that that's where their their mindset is, is not to rush um, Shane Wright. He went down to the minors, played five games down there, uh, conditioning stint, scored four goals. He he's a player that I think that they will bring along slowly. I think that they're going to play him. They're going to play him three games and maybe sit him for two. Play him three games, sit him for one. Well, what's They're better for his to... development, that this year or send him back after? He just played high competitive hockey in the American League. He'll play two more games on this Eastern road trip. He'll go to the World Junior Training Camp, and then he's going back to junior. What's wrong with that development plan? Seattle's winning without him. Seattle's in second in their division. Understood. And, so and they don't and they don't the need future, him right now. So why not just let him marinate, go back, and now you have this unbelievable piece. It's about trying to figure out what is the best development model for him. That's what it's all he about. You're telling games. me he right lost now. a whole year of junior hockey because of COVID. He needs to play games. He as needs did to, a lot of others. Well, I can give you a million examples, but just because he was ranked first first overall all year and goes fourth overall doesn't mean he should step right into the NHL. And listen, and granted, listen, in all fairness, I don't care if you want to say soft or not. He's 18. Is he 18 or is he a late birthday or early birthday? No, 19? he's 18. He's, he's 84. Okay. So he's a, he's far away from home. He's far away from his normal life that he was living last year. Like, it's not like he was going to school in Kingston, being a young junior phenom, and then going to play for the Canadians, which is only two and a half, three hours away. He's yeah. in Seattle. It's a five-hour flight. Yep. You know? And it's a whole day travel for him away yeah. from, from his life. He's just a kid. Well, me and you have talked about this. Listen, I'm not I'm not contradicting what I said a month and a half ago when we were talking about Shane Wright and he wasn't playing games and you know they had asked the the, the media was asking the team like what do you plan on doing with them? Are you going to send him back to junior? And they're like, no, we're going to hold Pat right now. We're going to just going to you know we we like that he's up here. We like that he's around the environment. He he's learning just being here and training and skating and stuff like that. My thought and what we both talked about for Shane Wright is the best development model for any young player is to play. And I don't care where it's at. 
I don't care if it's in the minors. I don't care if it's in the NHL, but you've got to play. He's 18 years old. He's got 15 to 20 more years of him playing hockey. Okay. He needs to develop, continue to develop, gain confidence by producing points and playing in all situations, playing a ton of minutes. He won't come off the ice in junior hockey because every time he steps on the ice, he will have the ability to score or produce points every single time he touches the ice. That's how, that's how much more dominant he's going to be than most of the players that he's playing against. That's exactly what he should be. Cause he just showed that in the minors, four goals in five games as an 18 year old, in the minors pretty exceptional. So if he goes back to junior and plays another 20 games plus playoffs and tears it up, that's huge. That's huge for his, his morale. Yeah. You got to think about that too. And but there's, love- and there's just lots of time. I mean, like what's the rush on a, on a young kid. I just feel, I feel that Seattle is looking at this differently. I, f- I feel that they think that they would rather have him under their care under under the trainers and 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 the and the development people there that they probably feel practicing and being in the uh professional environment that he's going to get more out of that than going back to playing against kids that are 16 17 he's had a nice taste he's he understands the flow of the city in Seattle he's been there. he's been up for a quarter of the season He's had a he has a flow for the NHL. He has an idea of what it's like traveling, getting in a few road trips, um, you know, living living in in the city that you're going to be playing in, and now he can go home and prepare for next year. and And maybe he gets called up. He'll be called up for the playoffs, depending on how far his junior team goes and how far Seattle goes. But now, now they they bring him on this trip. He plays one more game. He plays tonight against Montreal for sure because you're not calling him. This is a statement, in my opinion, and I love that it's happening, and I am going to tune into this one tonight. This is the game of the night. Then he just goes back and he prepare, starts to prepare at World Juniors for next season, but he has to have a great finish to this one. Go crush it in junior. Get 50 points in 20 games, and then go win a Memorial Cup. Jason Bottrell, I, I mean, I know he's not the GM, but Ron Francis has a champion mindset pedigree, and so yeah. does Jason Bottrell. It, uh, Stanley Cups with Pittsburgh, he won Calders in the American League, he won three World Juniors in a row, so he understands the value, and I think he's the only player to ever do that, by the way, but he understands the value of development. Wait. Who's the number one center on Canada? Well... I guess. Do you have a one, or do you have a one and a one? With no, you Connor have a one. Ba- Connor Bedard. <laughs> I'm asking you: Is is Shane Wright the number one center on Canada, or is it going to be Connor Bedard, who is at a seventeen as a seventeen year old? He is literally ripping apart the the Western Hockey League. He has more buzz around his name because the the commissioner the com- or the um. The commissioner of the WHL was saying that when Connor Bedard, who is the number one ranked player for the 2023 draft, when this kid is traveling around the Western Hockey League playing, that seats are being sold out months in advance. 
and the, the ticket prices and everything are through the roof. And the commissioner said that he has never seen a bigger hype for a player than Connor Bedard. I found that very interesting. Like Connor Bedard right now, looking him up in 28 games in the Western Hockey League, 28. He has 27 goals and 64 points. 28 games. He's on pace for 66 goals and 156 points. It's pretty impressive. He's 17. 17 He's 17 years old. I mean, is that certain to translate to the NHL, though? I'm always skeptical. I mean, Patrick Kane was the one where I, I mean, everybody was kind of thinking, how's this little guy going to, going to shred it or be live up to. I think this kid is special. I think this kid is a, is, is a special hockey player. When he was 15 years old, he had exceptional status into the WHL. And in that year, that was the COVID COVID year. He had, he played 15 games, only 15 games as a 15 year old playing against guys that are 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. He's 15. He had 12 goals and 28 points in 15 games as a 15 year old. As a 16 year old, which was last year, he had 51 goals, a hundred points in 62 games. His, his, his totals his goal totals and everything are just completely off the chart like you need to understand like when when the regina pats come into your building to play or you're going into theirs there is only one focus and that is to shut down connor bedard the entire game plan is to eliminate one player's time and space with the puck you have your top players on your team shutting down one player every single game. And this kid is still shredding the league. Did you see the Golden Knights rolled into Boston last night and handed them their third loss of the season? Golden Knights played without Jack Eichel. They played without uh, Petra Angelo. These are their, your top player on the offense and your top player on the defense. And you roll into it. You roll into a building that has not lost in what? 14. You said 13. home games. It was yeah, going to be 13 home games in a row. A team that is just, I mean, they're so deep right now. They've got great goaltending. They've got unbelievable defense and their forward line is just they're They're ageless. The storyline isn't even uh, without Eichel and Petrangelo. It's with the Bruins' old coach. Cassidy was there, and they nice little uh, reception for him. He got all emotional on the bench. But, I mean, you know, that's a that's a big game. I wonder how much money he had on the board. Coaches do it, too. <laughs> you don't think? Rich coaches do it. Well, and here's the other and thing. I'm sure you- he's doing pretty damn well for himself. He's been a great coach in this league for a while now. Well, you know Jack Eichel must have been pretty hurt if he couldn't go out play and muscle through a game to play in Boston, his hometown. No question. As a Vegas Golden Knight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a Boston, he's a Boston kid. 
I, I mean, guess he, he wanted nothing more than to circle that that game and play, you know, his best. When he played for the Sabres and Jack Eichel went to Boston, he always seemed to elevate his game to another level. And I'm sure that Jack's got to be Jack's got to be hurt. There's no question. He has got to well, be he's, really he's hurt. day to day with a lower body injury. And he also got drilled in the head back in late November uh, with a wrist shot to the face. So he's, he was wearing a bubble. He's got the black eye too. And I, you wonder what that injury could be that he can't play. You know what I mean? Could if be groin, outda- groin hip flexor. Groin hip flexor. When you're looking at lower body injury, yeah, you can look at ankles. Yeah, you can look at knees. But the ones that really, really hinder your ability to even fight through the pain or difficult or discomfort are hip flexors and and groins. Like you can't play. You cannot skate if your groin is even bothering you because it's not about it's not about playing through pain which players do all the time, but you can't play through a hip flexor or a groin. Those things just shut you down and you have to give them time to heal. Can you look at the standings right now and tell me with certainty who your Stanley cup favorite is? No, not, not even in the, not even in the slightest right now. I just don't think you know, looking, looking at the league, there, there is far wide open. And I mean, far too many teams that have the ability to do something special. It now, is you so don't have wide to open. Be, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like you don't have to be the elite team in the league right now after 25 games to be the team that you would think is going to win the Stanley cup. I think there's a whole bunch of teams that are dark horses that are very dangerous hockey teams like the rangers the rangers right now that sit what fifth in the east they haven't hit their stride yet they have not had great goaltending okay their overall game in general has just been good because the standard for the rangers is to be one of the top teams in the league with what they have right now but they've had a slow start the Pittsburgh Penguins, when you look at the the their 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 roster, just the roster in general, you have to put up in an upper echelon just because you still have elite players playing at an elite level. The Islanders were one of the worst teams in the league last year, and now all of a sudden they're third in the East. And when we looked at their team last year. And they were losing games. You're like, how are they losing games with all these great players in the lineup? It just did. They just had an off year, but they are back. Carolina, you can't count them out. Can you say that New Jersey Devils can win the Stanley Cup right now? I'm not going to say they can't. But they don't look like a team that you would think is going to be a Stanley Cup contender. But guess what? They are. Yeah, but maybe Stanley Cup contenders these days look a little different than what maybe we're used to. Yeah. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens in the next 20 games because it is so tight. Dallas, Minnesota, Winnipeg, Colorado, Nashville, dark horse teams, dark horse teams. There's just so many out there. I'm going to tell you right now, you cannot, you cannot put a finger 
or a hand, five, five fingers or four fingers and a thumb and say, these are the five teams that are going to win it that have an opportunity better than everybody else. I think there's there's as deep as 12. You can't tell me L.A. can't win it. Well, if you're going to say L.A. can't win it, why can't Seattle? Okay, I They're agree. They're 15-6-3. They've only lost six games this year. Keep an eye on my Vancouver Canucks, would you? Sure. Keep an eye on my Vancouver Canucks. All right, we'll ask Thomas Vanek that when he comes on here right away. That's the first thing we'll ask him. I want you to look at the standings. And how easy is it to pick your Stanley Cup contender? Because I want to see if he can struggle with it. Because it's not easy. Well, you might is... want to take your uh, mic out of your mouth. Uh, whatever. This is show number. This other. is show number two today, Van. Because I we were gonna just do a quick 10, 15 minutes before you came on, like a little set preview. You know, yeah, a little intro, and then and guess yeah, something got heated. No, nothing got heated. Craig just started talking, and he just doesn't stop. Yeah, he's that's, went. He's went that's... and went. Well, he's good at that. He has developed a knack. Yeah. How's it going, man? Good. How are you guys? Good to be back. Great to have you back. I think Craig just is going to shut down. He's going to go into a show now. He's not. Yeah, what's going on? He's got his. You you put notes down. Let's oh, share your dude. notes with us. I got some research going on here, Van. I I love know, it. Petey and I are going to uh, throw a little curveball at you. You don't right. even know about it yet. I told Petey. I said, hey. We need to give Van a heads up so we could at least do a little bit of research, kind of look at, and, and Petey right away is like, no, you're not doing that. <laughs> just like, just do it right off the top of his head. That's, oh boy. That's is that how true. I went, Petey? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't talk like that. That's him doing his own voice. No, I, you know what the problem is? Let me, let's air this shit out, man. You know what the problem is? I'm already ready. <laughs> When the, when the, when the mic turns on, I'm ready to go. I mean, you can throw anything at me and this guy needs to research and make sure he's got all his facts straight. It's like, man, we don't, we're not in a, on a news broadcast. We're just having a conversation. Petey's the guy that just wants to talk about when he picked up his fucking coffee at Tim Hortons. And then I drove in and I hit this light and this old lady looked at me and I looked back at her and I was like, you know what, what's your problem lady? And oh, then all of a sudden, like, <laughs> Are you, you talking about the old lady that was checking me out the other day? That story was not supposed <laughs> was not supposed to make this show. Okay, yeah. Go ahead, you take over, Craig. You, I like you research. Be, I like be research because I want to give proper facts. When you're going to sit there and talk about NHL players, talk about what they do, where they live, everything, experiences that we're going to talk about, I want to make sure I have it right. Yeah, I, I think there's nothing wrong with having good research. There you go. Thanks, so, Vanner. Always, always nice to have Vanner on in this fine team. <laughs> so go ahead, Craig. Let's, lead, yeah, let's lead the it. charge, man. Listen, I, I, I'm. This is what he does, eh? Now he's pouting. <laughs> now he's gonna have a pout time, and he's gonna sit there and and after the show, he's gonna be like, "I should have been running the let, thing because it was shit." Because let me uh, let me help you out there, Craig. Let me help you out, Van. Here's the first thing I was gonna ask you. Could you right now look at the standings and tell me for certain? Who your Stanley Cup favorite is? No. I mean, no. I mean, I I can take a stab at it, but that doesn't mean shit after 25 games. Yeah, but I mean, going into a season, normally you can look and be like, they are absolutely a Stanley Cup final. Like Tampa Bay the last few years, all of that. I don't think anybody can tell you right now or tell us or anyone who is going to be in the Stanley Cup final. There's There's no lock. 
Well, there's no lock. I, I mean, there's never a lock, but I think mainly there's no lock because I think the East is loaded. I think the West, there's a lock because if Colorado is healthy and they're what they usually are, I think they're going to, they got the best chances. That that doesn't mean they're going to get there. But I think the East is, is I mean, like I said, I mean, well, let me ask you this one, Vanna, last year. Is yeah. this the best opportunity that Connor McDavid will ever have? Because yeah. the West is not overly deep. Okay. You talk yeah. about, for an example, you're, you're, you're right now talking about, um, Colorado avalanche, but Colorado is not playing great hockey. They're, they're playing okay hockey. We expect Colorado to be the elite team with who they have on that team right now, but they're not playing like an, an elite team. So when I, I, I just, as soon as you say, you know, the West is not as strong as the East, I automatically go back Every single time I just go back to Connor McDavid is, mm-hmm. is Connor McDavid going to win a Stanley cup? And is this the best opportunity he has to make it to the finals? Probably unless um, Joe Sackick or whoever's running the show there in Colorado, all of a sudden picks up a Bo Horvat to fill that cadre hole. Oh, then you're looking at the Colorado avalanche a bit differently again. You're, you're... <laughs> you did not want to hear that. Yeah, I didn't want but listen i mean there's no way you can do well actually you can <laughs> there do is it. a way there is a way because he only makes what five i should yeah. say only he makes yeah. five point i think five point five yeah something yeah. like that like it's not uh like it's he just scored doable. his 20th goal last night in a seven six loss to the montreal canadians i mean this guy is is why well, how how is it banner great timing isn't it like I want to know, how <laughs> is it that every soon-to-be unrestricted free agent always has their best year? And I think it destroys; it totally screws up the pay scale structure because guys are like Bo Horvat's going to get paid way more money than what that than what he should. We agree. He will, but by the wrong team, I believe, most likely, right? Because well, that's what happens. You don't usually, think usually right a now, team. You don't think well, he'll I, sign in Vancouver? I don't think so. I think if I, he would have signed in Vancouver, he would have signed there already. No, with what I heard two days ago, I think Bo Horvat 100% will sign in Vancouver, and I'm going to tell you why. You heard the reports of Brock Besser. Being, being, uh, you know, he's on the market. They're putting him out there. Well, that's getting rid of how much money, Vanner? Seven. No, seven million. Six, eight. Yeah, close to seven. Yeah, six, yeah. eight. So you're yeah. you're looking at, you're looking at, and and you're looking at moving out a massive contract, okay, in order to be able to sign and not completely screw up their their structure of their of their entire team. You're gonna you're gonna make a decision. Now you're not you're not getting rid of P- Pedersen. You're not getting rid of uh, JT Miller. You have you know Quinn, but now all of a sudden you're going to move a six point eight million dollar guy who has produced in this league. But you have to make a decision who you want more, right? And I think they're looking to move Brock Besser largely because those conversations behind closed doors are happening with Bo Horvat. They probably have a contract with him. 
And once they move Brock Besser, I could see them definitely well, getting they, on that. But they they can still they could have signed him in the summer, and that contract doesn't kick in until next year. Do you could have you could have. He could have been already signed, and you can move pieces out afterwards. So I, I do believe I, I know what you're getting to, okay. and there's a good chance of him signing. But I believe he's got 20 goals. He's laughing. He's gonna, you know, I, that team is not going into the playoffs. I don't think the way they are playing. He's gonna want to get moved to a contender at the deadline and hit the, the market. That's it's that's how I see it going. Hey, uh, Mr. Research Riv. Yep, Riv Research. Just so you know. Uh, Vancouver beat Montreal, but beat, I you beat know, Montreal. Since, yeah, I knew it was yeah. one of the other. I, I lost yeah, track one of the like... other. Yeah, that, you could say that every night about every game. <laughs> I knew it was one of the other. Uh, <laughs> the whole point of this, <laughs> the whole point of this conversation, though, is is honestly <laughs> pick a Stanley Cup. Look how pissed he is. Pick a Stanley Cup winner. You can't. You absolutely you can't pick a Stanley Cup winner. Looking at the. Uh, uh, at the standings right now. Uh, okay, Riv, take over because the rest is yours. You wanted to ask him a bunch of questions about no. There's there's third of the season you know, awards. I think you wanted. Yeah, to do, it's like you? when you're you're uh, a a lot of teams are 25, 26, 27, 28 games in. So you're you're at your like your your you know one third mark in the season. There's still a lot of hockey to be played, but it's like you get a really good idea of what you're seeing out of a lot of players. Okay. And, and categories in which that you now are going to put them in at the 25 to 28 game mark, but what's going to happen over the, the, the next two thirds of the season. And, and PD and I were talking about, you know, to do a quick run over of who you have for the heart right now, who do you have for the Norris? Who do you have for the Vesna? the Col- Alder and the Jack Adams. And then there's a few more questions beyond that. Mm -hmm. Um, And things are going to change. Things are going to change. We're only at the 28, 26 game mark, but you have a pretty good idea of, of where this season is going. You have thoughts on if you were to give me three heart candidates. Well, McDavid's the obvious one and uh, guaranteed to me, it's uh Dead Robertson from Dallas. I've watched yeah. him the last few. Man, he's yeah. dynamic. He is so good. He makes, I mean, that line with Hintz and Pavelski, I think that's the best line in the NHL right now, mainly because of, well, Hintz and Robertson. But Robertson is just, the way he shoots the puck, it's just effortless. He just finds these little holes in his speed. And the, the I mean, he is. He's insane right he's now. He's long. He's lanky. I was in the uh, I was in the elevator with him, and I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but I had no <laughs> idea who he was. Like I knew he was an NHL player because I knew that Dallas was playing the Sabers, and a lot of times um, these players come through the Marriott down the back way into right. the garage so they don't have to meet all the you know the fans and stuff like that right so they go like these these back tunnel ways yep. which is basically in the parking garage where i was and i was uh i saw him way to give away their secret yeah way to give away the secret but uh i i um i'm i'm going down the elevator with him i'm looking at him and i'm thinking to myself uh i wonder if this young buck knows who i am you know <laughs> i've got a 
kind of like a big time, big time, you know, got and realized the guy had no no idea who I was. You know, he gets out of the elevator. He thought you were and the I chef went, from the restaurant. <laughs> I went and looked. I didn't know who he was. I went and looked him up and realized I was like looking at his stats. I'm like, holy shit, man. This kid's an absolute stud. He's like literally one of the top players on the team, right? And uh, I, but I saw him. He's super, he's super thin. Like he's just a s- super tall. He's got to be, he's taller than I was. So he's got to be six, three, six, four. And he's super thin and skinny, but my God, can he move on the ice? He's got an unbelievable release. And you look at the, you look at where he is right now in his, in his play. And then you go look at where Dallas is. That's a good team though, but he is, um, before hey, before we get going, Petey, you gotta mark this uh this this pod here because in about six months when he's the MVP, <laughs> we gotta come back to this. That Robertson Rivs was wondering if Robertson knows Rivs, <laughs> but Rivs didn't even know the MVP of the NHL. <laughs> well, that could be the best statement of the year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean he is. I mean that to me is an MVP, right? A team that is playing above expectations. And he's just an absolute stud. I think with McDavid, there's no secret what he brings to the Oilers. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know what's funny? He's looking back when Robertson wasn't signed in training camp. And there was talks about trading for him. And I know you guys mentioned that on the podcast. Well, Petey had an inside scoop. Fuck, that's what you said. (laughs) Riv goes, Riv goes, I've heard. I go, I've heard, too. I go, I've heard the same thing. But... I mean, we all heard things, right? But the price was like, oh, maybe a prospect or a first rounder. I'm like, now you look back, you're like, oh my God. We'd have to give up our whole team. <laughs> it's going to take. <laughs> yeah. But you but, know what? Uh, I mean, so, as fun as so the that- hardest one, Vanner, to get off Robertson, I mean, those those two for me, I think you hit it right on, on the head. It gets very difficult after that. Who becomes the third in that category? Well, I, I think it's too early to tell because it's got to be, to me, it's got to be a team that makes the playoffs. So if if the Buffalo Sabres somehow sneak in on a wild card and Tage Thompson continues this, I think he's got to be in the conversation because that team is nowhere close to me being a playoff team. But he's willing him to be there and he's putting up insane points, awesome so, goals. So if you're talking about you need a a, a player that is going to play in the playoffs, then you can't take Carlson, who is the top point-producing defenseman right now with 34 points and 11 goals. No, that's... I'm going to bring a name up to you. You guys might completely, like, you know, shake your head and be like, what are you talking about? But former Buffalo Sabres, Linus Allmark right now, has played 16 games. He has 14 wins, one loss. His save percentage is 1.93 and um what's the other one um the goals, goals against, against goals against <laughs> average is uh 0.936 which is absolutely unheard of if you're over if you're over uh, a 9.3 or a 0.93 then you were assists <laughs> you yeah, got to right. have points to be in the mvp race no, it's that's a goalies to me is Vezinas. That's not, I mean, that I mean, if I pick anyone out of Boston, it's probably 
pasta, right? I mean, and that's an easy choice there, but I know what you're getting to. But to me, you put Allmark, it's the same conversation we had last year as Darcy Kempa wins the Stanley Cup with Colorado, but yet he doesn't get re-signed. It's not like he signed that big of a ticket in Washington. I think it was a good, good deal, but nothing that the Colorado Avalanche couldn't afford, and they let him go. Yep. So you put a goalie like him in a good system, and I'm not saying he's not a good goalie. I think he's a very good goalie. But, you know, if you have good teams, good to, you know. Just not a good goalie when he plays on a shitty team. So, But besides Omar, who else would you put in that third spot? Because to me, that's, you know, we we have the obvious two. I think we both had those two correct. But then a number three, I think there's a list of 10 guys you put in there. Well, if you're looking for MVP for you, for the team, I mean, it, why is Le- Leon Dreisaitl never have the opportunity to be in the category of of a heart? Is it just Connor McDavid? It's clearly not. Like Leon Dreisaitl has 42 points right now, and the guy's not being put. And every year he sits usually in the number two spot right behind Connor McDavid. He's producing at an insane rate. Why does he not get more love? Why? I can give you the, a simple answer and it might, might be wrong. And, but he's not Canadian in a Canadian market. He's from Germany. If Leon Dreisaitl would be from Toronto playing in Edmonton, I think he would get a lot more. You find, do you find this is like a, um, it's the same, it's a, a Mulligan Wayne, Crosby. It, well, I was, I was going to go, the analogy I was going to use was back in the day in Edmonton. This is a Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier type look. Mark Messier was Curry. an, inc- was an incredible, incredible player but never really got true notoriety until Wayne Gretzky left the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I right? mean, I, I, you're absolutely right. I agree. But, I mean, did Malkin ever win a, a heart? Has yes. he won one? He has? Yes, he did. The year I think Crosby was out. Okay. And he absolutely went on fire. Up. But did he win it only because has he ever won it when him and Crosby have been healthy? He won the heart in eleven twelve, and that was so in eleven twelve, he had one hundred and nine points, fifty goals in seventy five games, and uh, Crosby only played twenty two games that year. Okay, so I think that's the only way for Drysaddle to win a heart in Edmonton, and they made Connor the playoffs. Would. Yes, I think it's just it, when you play with Connor McDavid, I think you just. As good as, and I love Drysaddle. I love his game. I've always said he's a top five player in this league, and he should win a heart at one point, and maybe he will, but not with Connor McDavid on his team, just because it's Connor McDavid and he's the best player in the world. Was there not Arguably. a was there not a season that Leon Drysaddle won the scoring title? Yeah. Yes, there was. I think he won. And do we know who won the MVP that year? You're Mr. Research. 
You're supposed to know all this stuff. Good point, Petey. Well, I'm doing your job right now, so why Check don't you notes. do something in, instead of sitting there laying on your couch, looking I'm, at the ceiling? I I'm not. People I am actually right about now. to tell you you're how disappointed I am. Up on the couch, looking at the ceiling, like you're. I'm doing your job today, but you're clearly not doing mine. Greg, you're doing everyone's job. You're asking. You're hosting. You're asking the questions, and you're even answering them. Yeah. Uh, let's Greg. just go. Let's go to Norris. Let's go to Norris. Thoughts on on uh, your your three Norris candidates? These well, two the, players. The the first one that comes to mind is obviously Carlson, just because of how he yep. started Point the totals. season and 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 on a crappy team of really elevated his game again. What it used to be back in Ottawa. So I mean, he's the obvious one. And then after that. Can you give a guy the Norris Trophy because he has a ton of points and he finishes the season with a minus? When's well, the last time you watched him play? That's what the trophy is. When's is the last it? time you watched him play? Uh, the other night against Buffalo. What, it, you've only watched him one game this year? Well, yeah, I don't watch a ton of San Jose. I've seen a lot of his highlights. It's great. Is playing at an absolute super elite level. I agree with you, Rivs, because I have watched not every, obviously, Sharks game, but I would say seven, eight of them, mainly lately, because my son's hockey is at night and I'm at the rink, so I get to catch at night the West games. So I tend to watch the Sharks and the Kings and the Canucks because that's the only thing on. And besides the points, it's almost every shift he's out there creating something. And that is that to me is that's a difference maker. When you're when you're a defenseman and you receive a puck in the offensive zone from going from the forwards low to high and you receive that puck and you have an NHL forward sprinting out at you and you literally basically juke jive toe drag and go around an NHL hockey player standing still I mean there's there's like five players in the league that can do that on defense and he does it regularly. So he's for me right now, he's, he is clearly number one. Mm -hmm. And you said you had a clear number two. I have a clear number two right now. And you guys are going to hum and haw over this. And uh, (laughs) Rasmus Dahlin right now, I'm going to tell you, uh, listen, I shit on the kid when the kids played poorly. Okay. And you have to give him the accolades when he deserves it. And he has played extremely well in every area of the game this year. And there was areas in his game the last number of years that he needed to elevate in order to become a candidate for this status. He he produces points. He's number two in the league for, for defensemen. He sits at number two in goals. His plus minus is plus 10, one of the top defensemen in the league. He also eats minutes like crazy. He's number four in the league for minutes played each and every game. He's on the number one power play. He p- plays against the number one teams on every on every other team. He's on the penalty kill. He's on key minutes at every time of the game. He, he and he's physical. You saw him, the the hit that he made the other night, uh, Vanner. Did you watch the Sabres? Mm-hmm. It was one of the I best did. body checks I've seen in, in five years. It's an absolute bone-crushing hit. And this kid has it all. He deserves to be in this category right now. 
Yeah, you're, you're not going to get an argument from me. I think, again, I, I said from the start of the season, I want to see more before when you guys were talking about the nine and a half, 10 million. And I am convinced after 25 games, he is at a level that I haven't seen him before. And he absolutely should be in the, in the top three Norris voting because it's the same argument or same argument, the, the same discussion we just had or I brought up about Tage Thompson being in the MVP. If they if they are close and they're making that wild card, Tate should be in the discussion for for the heart. The same thing counts for Darlene because I look at the back end; they're super young, might have some good good players, good talented players, but he's playing. I mean, really, really well, and he he deserves. Definitely there hasn't been a game to Vanner like he's played 25, 24 games this year. Okay, there hasn't been a game this year where I've you know, got on the phone with Petey that night because we text all the time during games and stuff and basically say, Darlene is absolutely awful tonight. Mm -hmm. We haven't had one of those nights. He's been very consistent, which is extremely important in his play. So he's my top two. You got one, Petey? No, I'm enjoying the conversation, to be honest with you. I think after those top two, I think it drops. And I think only, you know, Let's 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 rehash this in twenty five games and then see see where everyone's at. But I brought up a guy earlier in the season, Van. His name's Hampus Lindholm. Craig kind of yeah. laughed at me, and I and I'm like, why are you laughing at me? You know, like McAvoy was out for a good chunk mm-hmm. of the start of the year, and Hampus Lindholm was picking up points. He's plus twenty one in twenty four games. He has nineteen points. You know, he might be fourteenth in defenseman scoring, but that's what I'm talking about when we want to talk about Norris. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree with that, Petey. And I, I think Lindholm is a nice defenseman. But if, if you know, you're talking about he's got 19 points in 24 games plus 21, Rasmus Dahlin would be plus 39 right now with 50 points if he was playing on Boston. He would be sitting there playing maybe. with Bergeron and Pasternak and, and guys like that every single night. There's a big difference. Yeah, but uh, I don't know if there's a, how many goals have the, the Boston Bruins scored? Is Lots. that in your notes? Have they scored that many more goals than I feel like the Sabres, as much as we talk about, we need to, they need to interchange some players. I feel like they do score a lot of goals. They are exciting to watch. They, they actually have up. right now. And I was just about to like throw it in your face, Fanner. Yeah. They have 96 goals for Boston. Yeah. And I'm looking at the teams ahead of them. New Jersey has 93. Carolina, only 74 goals. They're sitting number two in the Metropolitan. 82, the Islanders. 79 goals by Toronto Maple Leafs. 84. I scroll down to, to Buffalo Sabres. 96 goals. <laughs> they are sitting tied with the Boston Bruins in the Eastern <laughs> Conference for the most goal scored. So so you're Take saying... Take it all back. <laughs> so that's my point. I think the Sabres power play is tremendous. Oh. They, I mean, Tage is a goal scorer. That's crazy. Winners really, yeah. So they score a ton of goals. It, it's not... They also uh, let yeah, in a ton of goals. They also let in a ton of goals, too. But Sabres are tied right now with Boston. Number yeah. one being Dallas. Dallas has 98 goals for mm-hmm. and and the Buffalo Sabres right now are tied. Yeah, I'm not with uh, I'm not with shocked. Boston for the most goals scored in this season. 
That's that's absolutely insane. <laughs> I don't think it's insane. They got, I mean, that kid line is uh, is unbelievable. I know you guys have touched on it. The so Jack Quinn started to heat up, eh? The modern day Thomas Vanek. Well, Lindy, I mean, Lindy got, was it's... in town, eh? Lindy was in town with New Jersey, and he actually brought up Roy Vanek Finneganoff. Oh boy, he must have had nightmares probably when he's saying that. Well, no, he was actually. <laughs> he's, I think he's talking about he's talking about his team in New Jersey and having some young kids. But then you look at what Buffalo's doing. There are a lot of people here. Like I don't know if you if you read the news around here, um, but a lot of people talk about that line of Paterka Cousins Quinn as the same as you guys and what that line meant to the team here in Buffalo in 0506. Right. And 0607. For sure. I mean, it's the same town. You can compare whatever. To me, actually, and I don't know why it popped in my head the other day watching the Sabres game and watching that kid line play. To me, it reminded me more of like the Chicago Blackhawks when they, I mean, you guys remember when we played in 05, 06, and you go in and you, you play the Chicago Blackhawks and the building, there's 5,000 people, it's empty. And all of a sudden, you know, it was point night. And now then they got Taves, then they got Kane, then they got Seabrook and Keith, Bufflin, Ladd. And they just kept getting better and better and better with those young kids. And sure, soon enough, you know, they made some good trades. I think they brought in Sharp, obviously, after their first cup, then Hosa came in. So that this is what we're talking about with the Sabres, right? The last week and the week before is at one point, do they make the transition and bring in guys just like the Blackhawks did before they started winning cups? And guess who was on that team? Because I remember that too, before they started winning cups. Kevin Adams? Kevin Adams. But I mean, this is probably where Kevin is, you know, because again, I mean, if I would be a GM, I would GM through my experiences and that's what Kevin is doing. And I think he saw those young kids played in Chicago. And at some point when they were ready to win, they brought in help. And I think that team in Chicago, when they won was much different than the team that Kevin was on when they won in Carolina. Right. It was the new age type team that was winning. It it turned after that. Yes. So it was a completely, you know, I, I think that team back then, I think the biggest move they made too was bringing in Quenville, a, a legitimate coach. And yeah, three Stanley Cups later. I don't know if the Sabres will get there. Hopefully. Let's start with the playoffs, I guess, first. You were going to move on from that uh, Vesna conversation. We were talking about Vesna, but uh, I mean, there's not a whole lot of meat on that bone to even discuss those guys. Got some rookie well, are, uh, sensations. Well, hold on. You already picked the Vezina. It's Allmark. Yes. And we're moving on. And but we didn't on. even have. <laughs> who, are the, who are the two guys behind him? Like, there's not even two guys that you can <laughs> put into the conversation. Uh, Connor Hallibuck. Yeah, uh, You can say yes. <laughs> Is he doing well this year, Petey? Uh, uh, yeah. Riz is just happy five. that uh, that the Rangers are sucking and Shosturkin is having a bad year. Out of he's, he's twelve and five. That name. I just talked to him about him today. Uh, he, <laughs> I mean, the Rangers as a team, I think, are just kind of underachieving a little bit because 
they are a lot better than what they're playing and I'm, and they're not playing poorly okay it's a tough league to win games in and but this this rangers team they need better goaltending Sazerkin is the first guy to probably say that he has not played his best this year sorry craig i stopped you on the vesna i know you wanted to move on no but I, I just I, I had to throw there you know you can't who would have thought winnipeg would have been at least half decent this year i didn't think they were going to be that good you know, no, it's, I thought they, they were going to stri- be okay. I think, we, I mean, we touched on it earlier, right? The East is loaded. I think the West is just, I mean, every year you see a, a couple teams get hot and get in. I mean, it's it's the teams we expected to be good in the West, right? Like St. Louis, they're struggling again. They, you know, struggled, had a good run. Now they're losing again. You know, I think the Wild here, I mean, I'm familiar with them. They picked it up. They're looking better again. The league goes in waves, eh? East to west to east to west. It's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, but I think it's been a few years now where the east has been solid. I mean, that's and that that's you know brings you up to the first point of of your conversation today. Of of, there's no shoe in for the cup because I mean the east is just uh, just, I can't tell you. I mean, I mean Boston is clearly right now playing unbelievable hockey. But who are they? Who are they going to play in the first round? If it would be right now, Detroit. Okay, Detroit, and then usually in the second round, it's within your division, yeah, right? It would so be either Toronto or Tampa. And can Toronto and Tampa beat Boston? Yes. Not Toronto, but Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> they can't. Can. So it's like, so it's there. You go. And then, can you even say that Detroit can't beat Boston? Detroit's not a terrible I think team. They, I think they can beat Boston. Oh, I think, I think so they too. can beat them. I mean, like, I mean, for sure they can. I mean, that's a team that's, I mean, they've made a ton of improvements. And, and you know, it, it's going to come down again. This is who's so playing well, and he is. So they can definitely beat them. I yeah. want to see what Lindy can do with that team in New Jersey, man. I do. I just, I want to see. I. That's crazy. the one team that scares me the most out of all of them. And as much as they've had a tremendous amount of success, you know, you in order to um, gain that notoriety and that confidence, you you just need to win over time. And right now, the confidence is not there because New Jersey has been bad for so long, mm-hmm. and that's in it, that's in the back of your mind. So when they do start having success, it's going to take time for them to gain the confidence of the average fan to kind of say, Hey, yeah, these guys do have a legit chance of winning because when you look at their team, besides the first three guys, the Jasper Brat, the, uh, uh, the Quinn uh, Hughes is their last name or, or Hughes. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you're, you're a lot of the players that you don't even know a lot of these players underneath those guys. Yeah. And they're still, I producing. would say, Right. I mean, I would say with Jersey, the only thing that would scare me, and even though he's playing unbelievable, is that Vanacek is the goaltending. I mean, but their game itself is just awesome to watch. I mean, they are fast. They're pressing you in the neutral zone and the D zone, and off they go. So I don't. I think that style of hockey is going to work in the playoffs too, especially nowadays. The only thing that scares me is is the goaltending. Right? Can can he? We've seen Vanacek play. I think with Washington right in the playoffs, and then he got pulled and. Samsonov came in. 
so it's it's it, that that would be my only question mark with the devils well uh your your calder i think you have to go with uh Beniers. okay yep. you're gonna have to go with Beniers. he's leading all rookies right now um and then after that, I think it's a complete and utter crapshoot until the end of the year because there's <laughs> players right now. The player that is sitting in second, I've never heard of him before, Matthias uh, Macaulay. You McKellie. tell us. You tell us. He has 17 points. And then uh, there's Where a whole bunch play? of guys. You got Jack Quinn, who's now at in fourth. J.J. Paterka is in uh or tied for fourth, JJ Paterka and Jack Quinn. If those two guys no Owen stay Power? on their pace, Owen Power is, I think, definitely someone that should be in this. He has 10 points in 25 games, but he's eating minutes like crazy. He's played more minutes than uh any other rookie. Um, he's playing upwards of uh 23 and a half minutes a night, which is, I mean, insane, insane for a 20-year-old defenseman. So the Buffalo Savers have a legit Norris candidate, maybe a heart and a Calder and they might miss the playoffs. They have three kids that possibly could make win the call. Has that ever happened before? They're going to sweep the trophies and not make <laughs> miss the playoffs. Who said they're going to miss the playoffs, fan? I am. <laughs> uh... <laughs> That would be amazing. Oh, and I'm going to get paid like 12 feel, mil. I'm going to tell you right now. I feel something with this new kid line <laughs> funny, and with Tage. And I, hey, I've oh. shit on this kid. I shit on this guy more than anybody since he's come to Buffalo. Jeff Skinner. But let me yeah. tell you, he's overpaid. I get it. Man, but let me tell you something. It's better to be overpaid than underpaid. And Jeff <laughs> yeah, Skinner right fault. now, yeah, never he is for a contract. absolutely. Absolutely on fire. He is playing the game of hockey at a high, yeah. high level. So good for him. No, he did a awesome. lot of research. He did a lot of research. He wanted to make sure it all came out today, man. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's still with the kid line. They got two legit lines. After that, we'll talk about next week. <laughs> good. Hey, Riv, next week, when you ask the questions, don't answer them. After you ask them, let, uh, let, let the, out. let the guest, <laughs> let the guest answer. See you. See you boys. That's a wrap on another episode of after the whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.